Welcome to this bonus edition of Armchair Preaching. It is Ash Wednesday, 2022, and I decided it would be a really good idea for us to share a little bit of this special service with you. So what you're going to hear today is the sermon from Pastor Rebecca and a conversation that I had with uh, Dr. Paul Sewich, uh, the director of St. Andrew's Ministry, who assisted uh, this, this, uh, this afternoon in our Ash Wednesday service, and Pastor Rebecca. She reflects on Ash Wednesday and Lent. Uh, we're recording this in a very different way. You might notice the sound quality is a little different. We recorded this using mobile devices and mobile recording devices. Uh, you know, uh, techniques. And so there are some nuances there. There's a lot more uh, liveness in the recording. Uh, you might also hear some digital noise because it is being recorded using uh, digital services as well. Uh, but I still think it's important for us to hear this message as we kick off our Lenten series and our Lenten season. And uh, so I hope you enjoy the message from Pastor Rebecca. I hope you enjoy the conversation that I had with Dr. Paul and with Pastor Rebecca, and that this sets your heart and your mind on its course during this Lenten season as we remember the sacrifice of Jesus to better prepare our hearts for his resurrection on Easter Sunday. We hope you enjoy this bonus episode of Armchair Preaching. And still he remained faithful. 
He remained intentional about all that he did. And he had opposition from people. He had opposition from the Samaritans. They didn't want him to come to see them because he was going to Jerusalem. He had opposition from the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They didn't approve of his ministry and his teachings and his claims. And yet Jesus stayed intentional to his mission. Jesus stayed the path. He stayed faithful to what God had called him to do in all things. So in light of Jesus' ministry, in light of Jesus' sacrifice on our behalf, we observe uh, Lenten seasons. And we, we take time to practice certain spiritual practices. We take time to focus on God and to depend on God and to draw close to God in this season to honor and to bring glory to what Jesus has done for us and to make sure that we're being faithful and we're being intentional and that we're prepared to celebrate and observe Good Friday, the day that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, and Easter Sunday, the day that Jesus rose for our justification. So we seek to intentionally be faithful in all ways. Now the season of Lent is often accompanied by certain spiritual practices. One of the big ones is prayer. We come together for prayer. We, we individually pray. We take time above and beyond what we normally do to pray and draw close to God and to seek. What is it, God, that you, you have for me? What is it that you have for this congregation? What is it that you have for your people? What am I supposed to be doing or not doing? And we draw close to God in prayer. And we draw close to God reading God's word getting into God's word. And during Lent, often that would be focusing on the gospel story, knowing that Jesus took that, that journey and reading through about the journey and, and the sacrifice and the ministry that Jesus has for us. And some people will actually read through the gospels during the season of Lent. Some people will focus on confessing and repenting. You know, is their life in alignment with God's will for their lives in every way? Or are there some relationships that are broken that need some attention and need some recognition of something's there, something's wrong, you know? Do I need to confess? Do I need to repent? What do I need to do? And just focus on their walk with God, their faithfulness. And some people focus on giving, whether that's almsgiving and, or giving more in the tithes and offerings or serving in the community and finding some project to do in worship of God during this season. There are many things that people will observe or, or do during this season as an act of worship to God. But I think that the most, most popular thing to do is to fast. In fact, I think some people, when they hear Lent and that word, they think of fasting. Oh, what are you going to give up for Lent? And people will do stuff like give up things. Now, the Roman Catholic Church, before the Second Vatican Council, mandated that every member give up meat on Fridays during the season of Lent. But not fish, just other kinds of meat. Ever wonder why we have an abundance of commercials about McDonald's filet fish sandwiches? There's a reason. Because so many people weren't eating hamburgers on Fridays during Lent. So they invented the filet fish sandwich. And it was such a hit, and sales soared through the roof that they kept the sandwich. And then often you'll see advertisements around this time of year saying, don't forget, 
we have an alternative because even today there are many people who won't eat meat on Fridays, but you can have a filet of fish sandwich at McDonald's. There are many things that people do. There are different observations and, and way acts of worship that people will do. Now, as Presbyterians, we don't have any mandates. We, we aren't telling you you're not allowed to eat meat on Fridays. You know, we're not saying you, you can have fish on Fridays. We're not saying anything. Actually, you don't have to do more prayer. You don't have to do more reading. You don't have to do more confessing or giving or any of those things, but you're permitted to. And many times, Presbyterians will individually choose to do so, or congregations will choose to have an Ash Wednesday service, which is part of Lent. And we'll have a Monday, Thursday service around Holy Week, and we'll have a Good Friday service. And so there are different ways that people observe Lent, and from denomination to denomination it changes, and from person to person it changes. Now I think that the most popular type of fast that people do is to give up sweets for Lent. That is, I think, the most popular one. In fact, do you know that the reason we have Mardi Gras is because of Ash Wednesday being the very next day? Originally, it was, let's get rid of all the sweets in our pantries. So, okay, well, we still have all this left. Well, let's make a pie. Let's make a cake. Hey, let's have a party. And it grew, and it grew, and it grew, and now it doesn't look anything like preparing for Lent. But initially, that is really what Ash, er, Mardi Gras was all about. It literally means Fat Tuesday. And also, ever wonder how we got pretzels? That was also a Lenten observance. A monk in the 600s, some scholars say even before that, wanted to create a food with no sweets, no fats, no meat in it, just some simple food. So got some flour, got some water, got some salt, made it into a dough, rolled it out, and twisted it up into the shape of a pretzel. Now this shape is no accident either. Because when, back in those days, people would pray, instead of with praying hands like this, they would cross their chest with their arms. And this was the position of prayer. And it was created because of children. And you would tell your children, okay, let's pray. Close your eyes, because you want to have all the distractions lessened. Bow your head. Keep that kid safe. Cross your arms. They're not going to be touching hot stoves. They're not going to be touching everything else around and distracting themselves even with their eyes closed. So that's how the position of prayer came. Bow your head, close your eyes, and cross your arms. Now, if we turn the pretzel upside down, that is the shape of praying arms. So the monk actually created that shape of a pretzel to, to show exactly what's happening when you eat the pretzel, the simple food with no sugar in it. And we always call this a snack today. You want a snack? Let's get some pretzels. But really, initially, it was about not having a snack, but having a simple food without all those extra bad things in it. You didn't know that pretzels ups are right side up this way, did you? You always thought it was like that. Now you know better. You see people eating them upside down, you make them turn them right side, right side up again. But we have all kinds of fasts that we observe. I think sweets is the number one. I also hear people saying, I'm going to give up caffeine. And you don't want to be anywhere around them for the next week. <laughs> we have people giving up electronics. I would love to see somebody do that in blog about their journey. Let go of that cell phone. Put it down. Turn it off. 
or somebody to give up the news. There are some people addicted to the news. You know that. They can't talk to you because they have to watch the news. They're so distracted that they can't even go through a worship service without wondering what happened on the news. Give up those things. It's only 40 days or 46 days, however you want to look at it. Turn those things off. And that is a great time to let go of that pull and that hold that those things have on you and to focus on God and to depend on God. Let's just say somebody gave up breakfast every day in the season of Lent. That hunger pain, that becomes the reminder, hey, it's time to pray. Hey, it's time to depend on God. Hey, maybe I'll read a scripture passage today about man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And you draw close to God. And you, you learn to walk in faith. And you learn to want, walk how God wants us to walk. And we figure out how are we going to be more faithful in our walk. Now imagine giving up caffeine. All of a sudden you get grumpy. That's a good reminder to pray too. And maybe others can say, don't forget, you're observing this Lenten fast. That is a good time to pray. You want to turn on that news. You want to turn on that phone and play that game or that video game or whatever it might be. Those are prompters to us to say, hey, let's depend on God. Let's draw close to God. Let's seek God in every area of our lives. Now, earlier, Paul read Isaiah 58, and it talked about fasting. But it talked about how people were trying to treat God like a transaction with fasting. God, I've done all the right things. I've gone to worship. Check. I have fasted. Check. I have sought justice. Check. But they were quarreling and arguing and even hitting each other. So they were thinking that if, if God would, you know, if I do the right things, then God's supposed to bless me how I want to be blessed. But that's not the way it works. God is a person. We draw close to God. We, we want to see how we can follow God and be faithful to God. We can't say, okay, God, you know, I'm going to do this over here. Now you do this for me. Otherwise, God would be a Walmart or an Amazon. I give you my money. You give me my merchandise. You bless me how I see fit. That's not how it works. Imagine, you know, your children treated you like you were a transaction. I clean my room, now give me money. Maybe that hits too close to home. <laughs> Maybe you used to say something like, they'll sit at the dinner table all civilly and treat each other with kindness, but before bed they'll punch each other. Not out of fun, but to hurt each other. Well, that's not what we want, but they, they follow the rules. Or, you know, you have the, your kids that they, they will... Be all polite and say, you know, could you please open the door for me? Thank you very much, jerk. I mean, it doesn't work like that. Because I said please. I mean, well, you said please because that's a sign of respect. But by calling them a jerk, that's not a sign of respect. So it's not a transaction that we have with God when we observe different Lenten practices. It's because God is God. And we want to be faithful to our loving God who has created us for a purpose. Purpose and has created us to, to follow God so that we can live a life of wholeness and, and we can bring God's presence wherever we go and that we can exude the love of God and the grace of God and the mercy of God to those we meet. And those sins are holding us back. And if we treat God like a transaction, we're bypassing the very understanding of who God is and who we are. Paul also read the passage of Matthew 6, talking about our piety and talking about our worship. 
If we do those things so that other people will respect us and praise us, then we've missed the point. Now, often when you see somebody praying, you're going to think, hey, they, you know, they're a pretty good person. Look at them. They're praying. Whether they have these hands, these hands, or these hands, they're praying. And we often say, that's wonderful. That's just wonderful. Or if somebody's giving lots of money to nonprofit organizations, we think it's wonderful. And if somebody is fasting and not eating or whatever in worship of God, we say, hey, this world is a better place because of them. And that's not wrong. But if they're doing that so that we can praise them, then the, the whole idea is off. We don't want to do that for that reason. We want to do that as an honor to God, not so that we can get the praise and thanksgiving of someone else. Imagine your spouse took out the garbage so that the neighbors could say, look how dutiful that person is. Aren't they a wonderful person? I mean, don't you want to roll your eyes just at the very thought of that? I do. I mean, oh, oh boy, here they go again. Oh, again, yeah, the neighbors, yep, the neighbors are doing it, you know. And you think, no, you take out the garbage because the garbage needs to be taken out, not so that they can be praised by their neighbors for it. So we do these things, we, we have these observances, not as a transaction to God, not as a way of being praised by other people and respected by other people. We do that in worship of God. And our worship of God is knowing who God is and knowing who we are. We are God's creation. God has created us. God has created us for a purpose. God wants to be in relationship with us. And God cares about our hearts. God cares about our devotion. God cares about our relationships with one another. He cares about all those things. And today is the first day of Lent. And I think it's great that it's Ash Wednesday at the very beginning. Because that starts us off with understanding who we are. We are God's creation. And very soon, we're going to have the imposition of ashes. That's when we ask anybody who would like to to come forward, and they'll get with ashes made from palm, palm branches from Palm Sunday. They're burned down and created into the ashes. And we'll put a little cross on your forehead and say, from ashes you, you have come, and to ash you will return. And that reminds us that God created us from the dust of the earth. In Genesis, it says, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. But then Adam and Eve sinned, and there were consequences. They ate of that fruit that was forbidden to eat of, and one day they died. And that's going to be the same for all of us. And we were reminding ourselves that we were created from the dust of the earth, but one day we will be buried and we will turn into ash again. I mean, it's a somber thing, but it's also helpful to us to remember that we are God's creation and that God is God. And throughout Scripture, we see these references to the fact that we are dust. We see Abraham saying to God, I am nothing but dust and ashes. We see that Job says that I'm going to return to the dust, meaning that he's going to die. Ecclesiastes says, all go to the same place. All come from dust, and all return to the dust. Psalm, the Psalms say the same thing. Even 1 Corinthians talks about how Adam was created from the dust. So we're God's creation, and God is God. And God gives us breath. God gives us life. God gives us 
purpose. God gives us our identity. And so we look to God for what we need to do and how we are to operate. God created us. God, what is it? And how are we supposed to live? And God gives us so many more things than that, too. God shows us what love is. God gives us joy and the peace that passes all understanding. And not only does God give us life in general, but he gives us abundant life. And he gives us eternal life. And so we look to God. And I think it's a wonderful, joyous message and not so somber because if we understand that and if we start at that point, then we can finally see clearly of how, how life is supposed to be. That God is on the throne. That we are following God. That we are faithful to God. And we don't have to be distracted or pulled into all these other things that only make us frustrated in life. God is where we get our purpose and our identity. God is God. That is where we have our eternal life. And if we look anywhere else, we're not going to have that fullness and fulfilledness in our hearts. There's a great tendency in our life to struggle with who is on the throne of our lives. Is it God or is it us? I don't think really it's a lot of these other things. I think it's us. You know, okay, God, I'll follow you here, here, and here, but not over here. Well, then we become Lord of our lives, dictating where we can respect God and where we can honor God. We need to let God be on the throne of our lives for everything. We need to be faithful followers of God in all things. Friends, this Lenten season, let us do whatever it takes to be faithful followers of God. Whether that means extra prayer, whether that means giving up the news, whether that means giving up sweets, whatever that might mean, let us do everything that we can to be faithful followers of God and keep God as God in our lives. Let us pray. Gracious God, we, we long to be faithful followers of you. We long to be people whose lives reflect who you are to the world. We long to bring you praise and glory in all that we say and do. Help us to keep you up before us and to remember all that you've done for us. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to special edition of Armchair Preaching. Uh, sounds a little different than normal because I don't have the normal setup here. I'm using a mobile setup. Uh, we were just in the Ash Wednesday service. The uh, Hopefully, if all goes well, the recorded message will be up with this uh, sermon, as, uh, with this podcast as well. But I've got uh, Reverend Rebecca Mim here. Hello. And I've got the Reverend Dr. Paul Sewich. And greetings. For the first time, uh, Paul, I don't think you've ever I, done it. This never, is true. You've never done an armchair preaching this with us. This is true. I, I'm typically liturgist and atypically the preacher. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, today uh, is Ash Wednesday, and I wanted to just take a second to talk about um, the significance of Ash Wednesday from kind of a, a ecclesiastical level, the importance of that. And then also your particular, uh, the significance that it holds for you particularly. So Paul, talk, talk for a second about the ecclesiastical meaning of Ash Wednesday. So in the first 250 years of, of Christianity, uh, to become a Christian 
was to put a mark on yourself that could invite death. Yeah. Uh, today, we tend to tell people, come, come to Jesus. You, you will find rest for your soul. Uh, come to our church. You'll find fantastic programs. Uh, but the initial reality was come to Jesus Christ simply and solely because he's life. It might it might lead you to your death, but it will lead you to your resurrection. Yeah. Uh, and so this, this was a period of preparation. Mm. And this, of course, today kicks off the season of Lent, which you talked about in your message quite a bit, Rebecca. So yes. the idea of Lent, uh, in a nutshell, I mean, if you can kind of <laughs> narrow it down, how do you see this season uh, for us as Christians in, in general? It's preparing our hearts to observe and celebrate Good Friday and Easter Sunday. Um, and it's just a time of focused, intentional reflection um, and just checking, are we being faithful in all, all areas of our lives and just drawing close to God and seeking God's will. What is today, Ash Wednesday, Rebecca, what does it mean to you specifically? Like, how do you, how do you receive it? I don't have any real deep things other than just remembering that I am God's creation mm -hmm. and to that is my starting point uh, of how do I look at life? How do I live life? God is my creator and so God gives me life and breath and also abundant life and eternal life. So kind of starting at that point and it is the Lenten season starter too. So it, it really is just a marker mm -hmm. in that respect. Mm-hmm. What about you, Paul? Every year when we have this service, I'm quite aware that this may be the last time mm -hmm. that someone is marked with the sign of the cross, that they may well uh, die. And every year, at least a few people do. Yeah. And so it's very humbling to place the sign of the cross on, on children, mm -hmm. on young adults, uh, and on our seniors, yeah, because it's 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 graphically real to me that we are we are in fact dust and we will return. Yeah, this is actually the first year since I've been here that I haven't been a leader in yeah. the Ash Wednesday yeah. service. Yeah. And and before uh, before coming to FPC Lakeland, I had never even been to an Ash Wednesday service. Really? I raised in mainline uh, uh, denomination, but but in multi-denominational context in the military. And then the Presbyterian church I was at before uh, was not high church in any stretch of the imagination. No liturgical kind of observance of the calendar beyond Advent, really, and, and Christmas, and then Easter. But... Uh, mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, some of the, the, the liturgical colors. But this was the first place I'd been where I actually had imposed ashes on people. And it is, to your point, Paul, very much a stark reminder, I, I think, of those the first couple of years, the people that I, you know, marked with the sign of the cross and, and whose funerals I mm -hmm. have, sub, have subsequent, subsequently uh, been a part of and, or, or, or um, observed. It is a... It is a very stark reminder of that mortality, but also to your point, Rebecca, a great reminder of the joy that we have in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And I loved even today, we end with this, uh, this the hymn is very uplifting, mm -hmm. which is seems like this contrast 
in how we view even death. And uh, I wonder if you talk about that, Paul, this, this idea that we have this, we carry this intention. Yes, there's a remembrance of death, but for Christians, to quote the Apostle Paul, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. So your, your idea of, this, of the theology behind that and the importance of us as believers, not to just go to the joy mm-hmm. or just stay in the depressing right. kind of you're going to die sort of thing. Well, I think br- broadly in our culture, uh, we simply avoid death as much as possible through distraction or we try to master it by watching how many shows about murder mm-hmm. have I watched, have I seen in my lifetime? Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I, I had a, a friend in graduate school who was a twin and her sister had been murdered. Wow. And so she, she cannot watch anything like that on television. It's just, she, it, it, it destroys her. Yeah. And so knowing her has made me think of how we view death very differently. That it is, it's a conclusion of a set of times. You, you have a C.S. Lewis quote on your wall, yeah. and, and Lewis very much sees this life as an initial set of teachings to be fulfilled. Everything we learn today is going to be fulfilled mm-hmm. in the age that is to come. Yeah. Uh, and I think when we view life and death that way, it no longer has the same sting. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my best, one of my best friend's daughter died just before her 18th birthday. Mm. And it, it, it's not so that they don't feel any sting at all, but they know who she is, they know where she is, and they know they'll be joining her soon. And mm. so her life speaks to us yet today. Yeah. Rebecca, this was your first Ash Wednesday service here mm-hmm. at First Pres Lakeland. I wonder as you look, I mean, we literally just, you just walked off the chancel a few moments ago, as you think about it, what what was a, a particularly meaningful to you this year, um, as it relates to this service and this this season? Someone who lost somebody very close to them, very recently, came forward for ashes and was almost in tears, mm-hmm. um, and that was very meaningful. Like what you were just saying, Paul. Um, yeah. And I have a I know that it was because of that person passing mm-hmm. away. Um, mm-hmm. And here I'm saying, you know, ashes to ashes. Dust to dust. Uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, so that that was meaningful. It, you know, it hits home when you, you have it right there in front of you, uh, somebody in tears. Um, but I, I'm, I get excited about worship. I get excited. I mean, the crowd that we had today, too, was impressive. I just never expect. I, I expected like 20 people. Yeah. yeah, which I think is, I mean, that's, I think we all kind of, I mean, mm-hmm. we never know in this age of COVID right. uh, and kind of every transition time in this season of COVID. And it's working hours. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it's middle of the day. I mean, mm-hmm. it's noon on a, on a Wednesday. Right. Uh, it was a big crowd. Yeah. For, I, I uh, Paul, you you might remember. I don't think I've seen a crowd this large at an Ash Wednesday service. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's at least up there. And uh, for me, I love worshiping yeah. in the chapel. And uh, the even, singing, the so, singing yeah, is so it surrounds you. Yeah, it, and it reminds me of old church. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of old church. Yeah, yeah like yeah. that down home. And and Rebecca, uh, very very well done on your message today. And uh, all things uh, being equal, I hope 
uh, people are able to hear it, and my recording of it is not too bad, uh, but it was very uh, poignant. So I hope folks will listen to that, take time to listen to that, and um, and also reflect on their own Lenten journey um, for the next 40 slash 46 days right. between now and uh, and uh, Easter Sunday. My hope is that we will continue to do some of these bonus episodes of Armchair Preaching throughout this season because we do have many more special services, uh, Maundy Thursday and Good Friday uh, services as well. So I hope everybody will tune in and subscribe to the podcast, uh, Apple Podcast, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud. You can find all those. Yeah, we're we're full on, Paul. You can find all those links on our website under the Sermon Archive tab. And... uh, Thank you guys for joining me uh, this afternoon for Amen. a few, min- few minutes, and uh, happy Ash Wednesday. Happy Ash Indeed. Wednesday. Indeed.